My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. All right, let's jump right in. Welcome to the last scheduled Sunday school class of the year. Boo. That's all right. We're going to finish up a, uh, a Sunday school series today and get started with a new one in a few weeks. Um, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and head over to uh, Proverbs. We're going to be hanging out in Proverbs quite a bit today. So I'm going to give us a quick review of what we're doing, where we've been. Uh, if you want to follow along with teacher notes and all kinds of information, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com and click on the Read tab, and all the links are there. Uh, and then today is week five in our five-week series. Uh, we have been looking at a series talking about how we talk about the Bible. Uh, what are some Bible-informed ways of moving through and making sure that we are, in fact, doing things as the Bible asks us to do? Uh, so we looked at praying, hearing, thinking, talking, and sharing. Uh, and we'll walk through each one of these as we go through. Now, I have reviewed basically what's on page 9 of your handout each and every week. Sean, you are duly commissioned to help resolve that right now. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And... Um, so just a real quick review as we go through our assumptions, uh, objectives, assertions, uh, and then step through each one of the processes. So all believers talk about the Bible. Um, we don't always follow a very Bible-informed process. Hopefully this series has helped a little bit to help us think through uh, what it is that we mean when we talk about uh, the Scripture. I almost forgot. This is for you. There we go. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. I'm glad. And I'm glad you're here today. You like casting crowns? You like casting crowns? Merry Christmas. Here we go. It's music. Yes, there we go. He likes, he likes casting crowns now. Yes, it has. It has. So now, you're, now everybody's paying attention and listening, right? Okay, so here we go. So, uh, so in our current age of outrage, right, uh, I think we can do better. So a couple of things that we want to get from this series. We want to be, when we talk about the Bible, we want to be prepared, we want to be faithful, and we want to be engaging uh, in a way that is not just blah, 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 this is a dead book and a dead spirit and a dead people. and a de That is not who we are and what we have. Uh, God tells us what the Bible is. God tells us what the Bible gives, and God tells us the resources that he provides. And we've, we've talked about several of those as, as we've gone through this series, the Scripture, the Spirit, and then the church that comes alongside and provides these uh, boundaries for us and pushes back when we get uh, out of whack with what the Scripture says. And then obviously we scale up and down as opportunities and wisdom dictate. So if you're talking to your five-year-old about who Jesus is, it's different than... Uh, quite frankly, me standing up in Sunday school before this group, right? Because Amy, while, while the Puggles would probably enjoy a Puggles lesson, this group may not enjoy a Puggles lesson. So just, you, I think this group would enjoy it if Amy taught it. This group probably wouldn't enjoy it if I taught it. So we'll, we'll put that caveat on it, right? All right, so where we've been, 
Uh, we looked at pray, we looked at hear, we looked at think, we looked at talk, and today we're looking at share. This is the actual uh, engagement process. So we'll just look at uh, process step number one, our attitudes here. This is praying. Um, this is a fear and dependency and an expectation. Uh, our actions are to pray for illumination and to pray for wisdom, pray for the hearing of the hearers. Uh, and, and the hearing of the hearers is the one piece of these three that I tend to forget sometimes because I will pray for me to understand and respond. And well, that's, that's good, but also those that are listening as well and engaging. So uh, let's take a second and practice process step number one. And I just want to take a minute. We'll just take a whole minute. And just make sure that we have an attitude of fear, dependence, and expectancy expectancy about John 18. Because that's our text that we picked the first week. So just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate this week's text. Ask for wisdom and pray for the hearing of the other believers in this room. You guys ever seen Indiana Jones? You seen Indiana Jones? You seen the one where they open the Ark of the Covenant? And that's a, ba- a bad day, right? Um, what happens when they open the, open the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, Nazi face melt, right? Hashtag Nazi face melt. And uh, very, very bad things happen when they open the Ark of the Covenant. And and it, there's a there's a tremendous amount of direction and instruction around in the Old Testament what the Bible says how we do certain processes, uh, and, and that was not in there, letting pagans check out the insides of the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and, and sometimes I fear that we open this book with the flippancy and the lack of respect that those Nazis did in Indiana Jones. And because our faces have never melted off, we don't get immediate feedback on that that's wrong, right? Uh, you were wondering where I was going with that, didn't you? There you go. All right, so process step number two is hearing, and this is not reading. This is hearing the Bible being read out loud. Uh, We looked at Nehemiah chapter 8 for this uh, portion, uh, where the people stood up, the people engaged, the people listened, uh, and there was this deference to whatever the text said, we will do. So our actions here are hearing the Bible read out loud to others and hearing the Bible being read aloud. So I'm going to read John 18, verses 1 through 11, and if you'll just listen. Because I asked you to turn to Proverbs, so stay in Proverbs. So John 18, 1 through 11. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the book Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I have told you that I am he. 
Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke, of those whom you gave me I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? So our practice is to hear. When we talk about the Bible, it is good and healthy and right for us to make sure that everybody in the conversation has actually heard the text itself because that is far superior to anything else. So process step number three uh, is thinking. And we talked a little bit about why we need to think about God's Word. And we brought up some verses about uh, there is a childish way of thinking and we don't want to be trapped there. Uh, That God doesn't think like us and that this takes focus and time. This is not a thing that we hurry through. Uh, Our attitudes here, we looked at verses that talked about having humility, a sense of wonder, and a steadfastness to endure through because stopping to think about something that is difficult to understand is not something that is lauded or applauded in our culture today. Rushing through and hurrying and tap, 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 that is what is pushed in our culture today. So our actions here are to think about God's Word uh, day and night and to think up what does God have to say about this. Uh, And our practice here is to slow down and to think. So let's do practice step uh, number three. And we'll take a minute. And I just want, and if you want to open up, um, if you want to open up your Bible to John 18 and look at the text again, that's fine. Because this is an iterative and uh, additive process. We pray and we read and hear and we think and we pray and we read and we hear and we think and we do this over and over and over. So just spend a minute thinking about, if you need to look at the words, that's fine, John 18, 1 through 11. Now, our minds are generally tempted to think about, well, I wonder what, or go over here, or El Matate for lunch, or what's Jim got up his sleeve today, or, and, and I will encourage us as we go through the process of meditation, of thinking about the Bible, to stay with the words that are presented because we know that we only have a very small portion of all the stuff that happened while Jesus was on the earth. A very, very small portion of it. And that's okay. We have what we need to have. Uh, But think about what God has given us, because that is, in fact, helpful. So process step number four is talking. So what this is not is it's not talking to others about my opinions. 
that is very me-focused. It's talking with other believers, uh, and I included both alive and dead, uh, to better understand God and His Word. This is much more God-focused. So our attitudes here are incompleteness. We looked at Luke 2.52 last week, um, this idea that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Uh, and that if Christ himself can grow, then I, I feel like we have left, he has left room for us to grow as well. Uh, and this teachableness, uh, we looked at Apollos' life uh, and how he was mighty in the scriptures, how he was a great orator, how he was well-versed in all things history and art and literature, but he was incomplete in his knowledge. And he was willing to be taught by uh, Priscilla and Aquila, those who knew about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, not just the baptism of Jesus. So our actions here, talk to those who are willing to teach and use available resources. So our practice is uh, learn from others. Um, I, I put this in a different phrase, we need we, right? We do, we need we. This is not me, but it's we as we go through uh, this life. So let's practice process step number four. Um, uh, take a moment to acknowledge our incompleteness and to approach John 18, 1 through 11 in a teachable way. And I want you to ask somebody at your table, what did you observe? Now, I want to tell you why I love this question. Why I love the question, what did you observe? Because when you ask the question, when you ask the question, what did I observe? What are we putting people back to? Right, we're going back to the text. We immediately took it out of a, what's your opinion on that? What do you think about that? No, 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 time out, time out, roll that back. <laughs> we need to rewind and be real careful because God does not ask us what we think about his word. He tells us what to think about his word. And those are two radically different approaches. Right? So what did you observe puts us right back into the text. It engages back with the text. And that's where I want us to hang out. Because when we stay with the text, 
we are safe theologically. If you haven't read those verses that talk about teachers that are off kilter, that mess up the gospel, things don't turn out well for them. We don't want to be anywhere near that space. We want to stay close to the text. So, which brings us to process step number five. It's on the back side of your handout, page 10. For those of you wondering why the two-page handout, the second page is page 10, because this is a series. <laughs> they were four weeks before this. So process step number five is sharing. So a couple attitudes here. Let's go to uh, Proverbs 15, uh, 1 and 2. And our first attitude here is lowliness. Lowliness. So who's got Proverbs 15, 1 and 2? Go ahead, Miss Darla. Yeah. So what kind of a word? Soft answer, a gentle answer, right? And how does the wise use knowledge? Rightly, properly, correctly. Is there a lot of knowledge in the scripture? There's a lot of things to know and be familiar. Yes, there. I mean, like, I would I would dare say that almost every copy of the Bible that any of you have has a comma in the number of pages. Right? It's a, it's a big book. There's a lot to know and be familiar with. And we should use this knowledge rightly, not for our own glory or reputation, but for God's. Uh, in John 3, you stay in Proverbs. I'm just going to tell you a story about John 3 real quick. In John 3, this is a, this extended uh, dialogue back and forth, uh, the second half of it, with John the Baptist. And they catch up with John the Baptist and they ask him questions about Jesus. Like, who, who is this? Who is this guy? And John just, he really kind of goes off on a rant. Is probably the, the closest word that I can describe what he does. And he's got this beautiful phrase right in the middle of John uh, 3 in verse 30. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Um, and, and when we engage with the scripture, with someone else, if we engage in a way that says, I must increase, my reputation must increase, then we have gotten something totally and completely upside down. Everybody with me on this one? So there's a, a sense of lowliness in that, that I want people to walk away going, what an amazing Savior we have. Like that is a wonderful, wonderful approach. Um, Bob Goff has a great quote on this. Uh, when we care more about what our faith looks like than what it is, it's time to take a walk around the block. Right? We just maybe should pause for just a moment and say, I don't, I think we've gotten something backward at this point. And Bob Goff is actually one of my favorite authors. Uh, he's coming back to Chattanooga in March. I have a table. <laughs> I'm excited. So second attitude uh, is intention. Intention. Uh, let's look at Proverbs 15, 28. This is one of those verses that I believe I've been reading wrong for a very long time. Proverbs 15, 28. Who's got it? Nice and loud. Stacy, you got it? Awesome. The heart of the righteous studies what? What's to say it real loud? What's the word again? How to answer. Did it say the start of the right the heart of the righteous studies what to answer? No. See, we have been given the what. The what is here. The what is the word. What 
Proverbs is calling us to do is to understand the audience and respond appropriately. Because I don't answer people the same way when asked the same question. And the more you know somebody, the better you can do this. Which is why talking about the Word in the community of people who believe is a really, really helpful thing. Now, there's a, there's a caution that we have here, and this is Proverbs 26, 4, and 5. And if you've not read Proverbs before, uh, verses 4 and 5 will throw you of, of chapter 26. Um, Caleb and I went through yesterday uh, the handout and the teacher notes, and I had him turn to every reference and read the verses out loud so that I made sure I had the verse references right. And he read these two verses, and he went, wait, I said, you may need to think about that one for a second. He said, okay. So he read it again, and he was like, oh, 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 okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, Good, great. So Proverbs 26, 4 and 5, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Now, I will tell you this. Fools will look at these two verses and be wildly confused. Because there is a time to engage and to stop foolishness. And there is a time to withdraw and say, you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to let that run its course. Um, and wisdom knows the difference. Discernment knows uh, the difference. So uh, having a... a, a an attitude of intention where I have thought through how to answer, where I have thought through whether or not to respond. Right? Because we live in a society where we are expected to respond to every question that is asked. And we don't have to. We have a beautiful example of our Savior who was asked questions and way more than half the time responded with a question, which is highly frustrating. <laughs> and then sometimes he just didn't answer. Like once he just drew in the dirt and walked away. You're like, well, what was that about? Well, he knew how to answer, right? Ms. Darling? Yes. It was. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Hi, my name's Jim. I feel like I have to answer every question, too. Yes. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. Yeah. If, if we look at uh, the way Jesus answered questions in the New Testament. Now, so I, I want to I take a guilt trip off of all of us for just a second. We are never going to be as good at answering questions as Jesus was, ever. Right? He understood the hearts and the thoughts of the people that were engaging with it. Like we're, we're not going to get there. Most of us are just trying to make sure we understand our teenager, right? I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome. So, you know, uh, but there is a sense in which we can ask questions back and be wise in the responses. So intention, number two. Uh, number three is calm. Calm. Proverbs seventeen twenty seven. He who has knowledge spares his words. If you want a Bible verse to put at the top of your computer screen 
as you log into, as we, as I, as Jim logs into Facebook, he who has knowledge spares his words. Now, we'll get to the second part in just a second. Does this person know the answer? Yes. Yes, very much. This is not a case of, well, I don't know. No, this is the person who has knowledge, spares his words. And a man of understanding, this is another level up, is of a calm spirit. And I, and I will encourage us uh, that as we engage with people about the truth of the Scripture, uh, Dave Ramsey's got a good quote, when you teach the truth, expect people who believe a lie to be angry. Sometimes very angry. right? And if you haven't engaged with someone who is very angry over the facts of Scripture, we might not be do, doing enough engaging. right? Because Jesus did not come to unite us. He came with a sword to divide, which sounds really un-Jesus-y like, right? <laughs> well, it's un-21st century Jesus-y like, but it's very first century Jesus-y like, right? Because we like to, we like to think about the, the sweet little baby in the manger. Well, the baby in the manger came to rule the world, and it's his way or no way. So as we engage with people, let's just remember that it's, there will be people that get upset and angry, and that's okay. So what do we do? We have patience. We're going to talk about dogs in just a minute, actually. Yes. I've got a picture of two dogs that is coming up. Miss Darla's like, what? What? It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Well, it may not be, so it's just, don't get your hopes up here, Darla, okay? Oh, yes. Dave Barber for the win, barking up the wrong tree, yes, that's right. Love it, I love it. All right, Proverbs eighteen thirteen. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is a folly and shame to him. Just, I mean, these are... These are like heavy body blows today, right? Um, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is a folly and shame to him. And I always think about Sean McGarvey when I think about this verse. Because Sean McGarvey has no regard whatsoever for speed bumps. Speed bumps are... It's just irrelevant. I don't care how many there are. I don't care how many there are. We are not altering our speed. We are not altering our angle. We are not going around them. We're not trying to find that, you know, sometimes there's like a gap and you get one set of tires. Nope, we're going right over. And we're going to go over at 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. However fast the machine that we're in can go, that's how fast we're going to go. And Proverbs calls us to this picture in our communication. Proverbs calls us to slow down, right? And to be patient and to think through. Wisdom takes a minute, right? The, the next verse here, uh, Proverbs twenty six seventeen. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel that is not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Now, this is President Johnson. And I, the first time I showed this several years ago, um, what I focused on was I focused on President Johnson grabbing a dog by the ear, which this, 
Yes, Grant. Your face is exactly my face when I saw this picture. I'm going to step back in front of the camera so everybody can see. Like, like, exactly. Why would you? This is not smart. And I don't know if you can see it or not, but do you see the people standing around him? What are they doing? They're smiling. Right? Because fools will command an audience. And many times the people standing around are fools as well. And Ms. Darla, this is not how we pick up a dog, right? I mean, this is like... <laughs> There's got to be, right? There's got to be more than just this, right? Yes. So there's something. And still, grabbing a dog by the ears. So I'm going to read the Proverbs verse again. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own. Have we ever had opportunities to do this? And what was your quote just a minute ago, Doug? I ain't got a dog in that fight, right? That's not, I don't have anything to do with that, right? So let's be careful about that. So our attitudes, lowliness, intention, calm, and patience. So our actions, what are we going to do about this? All right. First action is speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And we finally found a period. That was one sentence. I would hate to have to diagram it. That, that would just feel like meanness. But speak the truth in love. And then number two, uh, perhaps... We can uh, trust the Lord with the outcome. See, I like to try to guarantee an outcome whenever I can. And that is, God is not in the guaranteeing outcomes of my actions business. He's in the guaranteeing outcome of his actions business. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we want to be ready for every good work, this is the only place to go to get it. There is no other place in the universe to go than God's Word to get ready for every good work. So let's be about this. And some of you have, have figured this out by now. Um, but... A practice here might be uh, in a lowly, intentional, calm, patient way to think about how to talk about John 18, 1 through 11. 
How would you do that to someone that is young? How would you do that to someone who is new in the faith? How would you do that to someone who is familiar with this text? How would you engage and respond? Um, How could we speak the truth of this text in love, trusting God with the outcome? Not feeling like we have to try to explain everything that we have about a text. Because even that is not enough. And some of you have figured out by now that uh, this is the process that I use to teach. I pray for help. I hear and read the text many times. I think about the text for days and days. I talk to a lot of other believers, some dead, some alive. And I finish by standing in front of you and letting God's Word do what God says it will do. And since I first did this when I was 16 years old, and I am no longer 16 years old, uh, His Word has never let me down. It is unrelentingly faithful because He and He alone is faithful and true. So at the bottom of that page is process step number five, sharing your homework. Yes, you have homework. But you need something in order to do your homework. And what you need is a book. Merry Christmas. All right, Sean, you going to help me for a sec? Awesome. If you will start on that side of the room. Yes. Everybody gets one. Mike, can you help me out for a sec? Excellent. If you will start on that side of the room, what we are planning to do in 2019, 2020, and probably a great big chunk of 2021, because we're just going to take our time, is we're going to study the book of Mark. And we're using uh, the ESV for this. So what I did is I got us each a copy of the ESV of Mark. And it's a little journal Bible, which means you can write, for those of you that like to write, uh, there's a page over here for every page of text where you can write your observations down and questions down and we can engage. But this is our homework as we go through Mark. Pray for help in understanding Mark. Hear Mark multiple times. Think about Mark day and night. Talk with someone dead or alive. I'm not not strong on the preference there, about Mark. Share your insights with others about Mark, and then invite a member and a non-member to Sunday school. Does that sound fair? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a pen, and I want you to put your name in the front of that copy of Mark. Does it look like we're going to have enough? Yes? Excellent. All right, did everybody get one? Yay. All right. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. <laughs> You're welcome. Merry Christmas. We have a couple left over? Excellent. Good. Now, do you know what we're going to do with the ones that are left over? They are not going back to Amazon. 
My wife has a shirt that she got a couple days ago. It says, uh, uh, here comes Amazon, here comes Amazon right down my driveway. <laughs> it is so appropriate. <laughs> Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give these copies away to people who come to our Sunday school class. We want to engage them with the process, but I need your help. I need us to invite people to our class so that we can come and study and learn and grow together because that is good and helpful. Uh, if you want to send somebody to OurSundaySchool.com and click on the subscribe tab, they can learn all about what it is that we do. And with that, boys and girls... Merry Christmas. That was weak. With that, boys and girls, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's awesome. All right. So let's move into our table prayer time. Uh, grab your weekly update. And after you have prayed as a table, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.